Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. I'm Jason Abrams, and this is the place where we lift the curtain on the world of real estate like never before. Every week, I sit down with visionaries, pirates, and mavericks. We're here to document, demonstrate, and most importantly, demystify their game-changing models and systems. What secrets propel them to the top, and how are they living their dreams? This is about passion, it's about strategy, but above all, it's about real, tangible success. So buckle up and let's dive in. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this holiday edition of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. I want to start by just thanking everybody. You all have shown up, and you've shown up in such an amazing way. The podcast is doing better than I ever would have expected. And I truly believe it is because of the people that we have been chatting with. As I think back to the first seven episodes of this show, Here's what I know. You had people that care deeply about you. And you say, wait a minute, Jason, they don't even know me. They might not, but they care deeply about you, evidenced by the fact that they were all willing to share unabashedly about their passions, their failures, their triumphs, and most importantly, the things that they believe in. And it forces me to think about what do I believe in? You see, as we come into this time of year, I think people have more time to spend on self-reflection. And this is done for two reasons. Number one, because we're forced to look back on a year that has concluded and ask ourselves, are we happy with the year that passed? Number two, many people set new annual goals. You can call them New Year's resolutions. You can simply call them goals. Call them what you will, but this is the time of year that people do it. The truth is nothing that you were going to accomplish over the next 12 months is big enough to ensure that you have a great career or a great life. What happens in any single calendar year is an incremental step. Step to what, Jason? It's an incremental step to a larger goal, a larger life's quest, a larger life's mission. So here's what I want you to do. This year, instead of telling me what you're going to accomplish in the next calendar year, I want you to tell me what you're going to accomplish over the next 30 years. What's your wealth plan for the next 30 years? I want to know what are you going to accomplish in your business over the next five or 10 years? I want to know what you want to accomplish in your key relationships over the next five, seven, 10 years. I want to know what you want to accomplish in your spirituality over the next seven, 10 years. Heck, I want to know over your lifetime. You see, when you have this discussion with yourself, to decide where you want to be over a longer period of time. Then each year, you're not setting a goal. You're simply doing a check-in with yourself to make sure that you are still on track. You are doing an alignment check-in. 
This idea of alignment check-in is very, very powerful. The idea that you're going to start a new mission every year is absolutely exhausting. That sounds like the hamster wheel of life to me. But the idea that you're going to do something worth doing over a long period of time and then break that thing into sizable chunks over the course of a year or even on a quarterly basis, that sounds like it makes perfect sense to me. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing that you need to do is make sure that you are setting the right 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 year lifetime visions. And the only way to do that is to number one, believe that you can be anywhere you want to be in the next five years. And number two, decide where you want to be. You see, Gary Keller says that if life is about choosing, then the mission to life is to get better at making choices. And I think he's 100% right. So where do you want to be? And do those things line up with who you are? So let's do a self-check-in right now. Now, if you're a note taker, pull out a sheet of paper and a pen. I'm hoping you're sitting there with your favorite cup of eggnog looking out over a lightly snow-dusted landscape in a very warm room next to a raging fire. The first question I have for you, and these questions, by the way, they came out of a talk that Gary Keller gave in Q4 of 21. And what he said was, most people become unconnected. They become unmoored with the reason they're taking the actions they're taking, and they get far more wrapped into what actions they're going to take. You see this happen with real estate agents all the time. You'll say, well, what's your new financial goal for the next year? And they'll say, well, I made $100,000 last year. This year, I want to make 150. And you say, well, why? And they say, well, because it's 50,000 more, isn't it? Okay, no judgment. Or you have people that say, I'm going to double my business. And you say, well, why? And they go, well, that would be double. What are you going to do next year? I'm going to double it again. And by the way, I have absolutely no judgment on any of it. But here's what I believe, that for the vast majority of people, when you simply have a placeholder based on a number that isn't actually founded in anything that connects to your life, when things get hard, and they will, you abandon the goal. So let's check in with ourselves. Let's ask a series of questions that's designed, and we do this annually, to reconnect with what we're doing and why we are doing it. This is the North Star to make sure that the things we're doing are the right things. Question number one, who are you? I mean, who are you? Now, if this seems wildly esoteric and you're thinking, I'm Jason Abrams. No, you're not. That's your name. I'm asking you who you are. Gary Keller answers this with that he's a very small part of a very big universe. And when you stop and you think about those answers, you realize that they are moored not just in response, but they are moored in keeping him in perspective to this giant thing going on around us. The idea that you're a very small part of a very big universe for him is very, very important to remember. As soon as you lose sight of that, you become self-absorbed. And self-love is not true love. So who are you? You need to know. If, If you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for anything. Number two, what do you believe? What's your fundamental beliefs? 
I'm not asking you to recite it. It should be something that hits you and that you feel. What do you believe? Gary believes that anything is possible and everything can be solved. I love that, by the way. That's his belief. That's what keeps him waking up and being an immovable object at a time when everybody is trying to move him. But if you believe that anything is possible and everything can be solved, then everything, no matter how confrontational it seems, is simply a journey to solve the problem. What do you believe? Write it down. What motivates you? What's that thing, question number three, that motivates you? Don't mistake this for this idea of big why that's become so commercialized. I just want to know what motivates you. People are motivated by all sorts of different things. The challenge of not being clear on what motivates you is that when things get hard, you lose sight of why you started in the first place. Friends, what motivates you? Number four, why do you work so hard? Why do you work so hard? Now, for those of you not working hard, you're absolved from this one. I want you to figure out why you're not, but I'm talking to the people that are. Why are you working so hard? Has it become automatic? Has it become a reflex? Is working this hard simply a habit based on the body of work that has come before this? Why are you working so hard? I ask you this because if you fail to to comprehend why you're doing it, and all of a sudden you just keep doing it, you're nothing more than a mindless automaton in that moment. I don't want that for you. I want consciousness. You cannot get better at choosing if you are not conscious of why you're making the choice. Why do you work so hard? Number five, when is enough enough? And some of you are saying, enough of what? Exactly. When is enough enough? And you know the thing that you need to be thinking about right now. You know it all the way down in your toes. What is it? When is enough enough? Is it around money for you? Is it around things? Is it around love? Is it around time? Is it around people? Is it around business? Is it around passion? When is enough enough? Now, Gary's answer for this one I love. Gary simply said, for some things, it will never be enough. He uses this question to remind himself that for the people that love him most, time with them, it'll never be enough of it. This is how he looks at his calendar and determines if he's in alignment with himself. So for you, when is enough enough? Number six, what do you need? What do you want control over? What do you want to be in control of? You know, I talk to people all the time because of this show, and here's what I can tell you. There is an awful lot of people trying to control everything, and it is impossible. See, when you fail to think about what are the things that you absolutely desire, that you need in the core of your being to be in control of, you end up controlling everything and still feeling out of control if that one thing isn't within your grasp. And here's the thing about control. Whether or not you realize it, and it's going to get a little like depressing for a second, it's going to get dark as a thousand midnights, but stay with me. When it comes to the whole universe, you are wildly insignificant. 
So when you tell me you're controlling things and you're working purposefully to control others and you're scheming and you're doing these things and you're trying to control outcomes and you're trying to control people, I just want you to know in the whole scheme of things, doesn't matter and completely impossible. I mean, you're, you're, you're just this little human. Okay, you're this little thing and on this spinning rock that's hurling itself through the universe of which there's eight billion other little things the same as you. And by the way, 70 plus percent of this spinning rock is covered in water, which you can't walk on, nor can you fly. So the super majority of it is completely unexplored to your life. And you are spinning through a galaxy and a universe that has more other planets in it, more other solar systems, more other galaxies than there are grains of sand on the earth. You don't matter in the whole galactic scheme. What are you actually in control of? I mean, heck, most of you aren't even in control of your bodily functions. <laughs> it's, it's funny to say, but it's true. So what do you need to be in control of? For Gary Keller, he needs to be in control of his time. He is determined that time is the thing that he needs to control. There's a litany of reasons for it, but one of the reasons is because time is a commodity that you can't buy more of. Sure, you can learn how to leverage it, but at the end of the day, we get the same number of minutes and seconds in the same hours that make up the same days, that make up the same weeks, months, and then years. I have a difficult time improving on that answer. But what do you need to be in control of? Number seven, what do you fear? What are you afraid of? And the reason this one is so important is because people will run from pain faster than they will run towards pleasure. Said differently, the things that you're afraid of have a heck of a lot to do with the actions that you take. You may be working so hard out of fear of being broke again. You may be working so hard out of fear of being seen as a fraud. Heck, you may be afraid of anything out there, but if you don't name it, if you don't give it a name, fear has a way of dominating the decisions that you make. And as soon as you're willing to look fear in the eye and name it specifically what you're afraid of, you take the power away from the things you are afraid of and you are able to make better choices. Friends, the path through fear has marked the surge of all great thinkers. Number eight, and I believe that this is the most important one on the list. What regrets are you trying to avoid? You see, here's the thing about regret. The things that you regret are the things that were meaningful to you after you felt the moment had passed. You, nobody says, in 2019, on Tuesday, March 5th, I did not get the patty melt. And instead, I got the cheeseburger with the sesame seed bun and special sauce. And to this day, I regret not getting the patty melt. You know how good a patty melt is when the onions are caramelized. Nobody says that. You know why? It was lunch. It wasn't your last meal. It was just your next one. The things you regret are the things that had meaning to you. I regret not talking to a loved one and then they have passed away and now it is final. 
I regret removing a relationship from my life. I regret staying in a relationship longer than I should. I regret being poor with money. I regret some of the choices that I made. You decide. But here's the thing about regret. If you don't name the regret, and if you don't talk about the regret, and if you don't think about the regret, at least annually, odds are you will repeat it. You see, regret matters in the moment and then stays as an acting teaching tool throughout our life only if we visit those regrets. If not, friends, they just become part of the quilt, the fabric that already happened, and you end up having the exact same regrets later on, and I do not want that for you. Number nine, how do you bring meaning to your life? How do you make your life meaningful? If you're not careful and you don't consider this idea, then your work becomes who you are. And by the way, if that's what brings your life meaning, I love that for you. I just don't want that to happen by default. This is not who you are. This is what you do to make money. What you do with that money and your time, that's who you are. So, how do you bring meaning to your life? Number 10, who are you in the end? In the end, and I don't mean like the end of the day. I don't mean the end of the week. I mean in the end, who are you? You see, it's in this moment that we find out. When we stare into the abyss and there's nothing looking back, we get to determine what sort of life we live. The challenge with this is if you wait until your deathbed to have this conversation with yourself, it's too late. And whoever you are is who you are. And whatever you get is what you got. And it's by default. If you begin with the end in mind, you have a heck of a better chance of actually achieving it. So who are you in the end? There was there is a brilliant real estate agent and Gary Keller runs a mastermind with the top 200 agents in Keller Williams. And this, this was a woman whose husband had passed away far too young. Unfortunately, I'm seeing more of this. I'm hoping it's not a trend. In any event, these folks had a 10 year old daughter and the daughter went in to, the mom got her therapy to deal with the passing of her father. And the therapist said, one of the things that y'all should think about doing is having some sort of reoccurring mission, reoccurring event, reoccurring day that helps keep the memory of her father alive and suggested that you should have formal time around it and casual time. And what he said is the casual time, it'll happen all the time. You'll walk by something, you'll catch a smell that you know reminds you of dad, and boom, you're talking about dad. But the formal is we're going to do a thing every month, and we are going to do it together. They decided that they were going to go to the cemetery every month where this young lady's father was buried, and they were going to bring something that had meaning to their relationship, and that's what they were going to leave on the headstone. Not just a rock, but an item of significance. Well, for the first few months, it was no problem. They, they, they had things to bring. They knew what to bring. It was easy. By the time they got to month five or six, all of a sudden finding items that captured that meaning became more difficult. The interesting thing in this case is it wasn't the daughter that was having a hard time. It was her mother. 
And her mother confided in her daughter and said, gosh, I'm not sure what to bring this week. And the daughter quickly, as a whip, said, why don't you bring a cell phone and leave that? And the mother said, well, why? And the daughter said, well, because every time you were with dad, you were on your phone. It was in that moment that this idea of who are you in the end came together for me in such a palpable way. Who I am in the end is not based on who I want to be. It's based on who I show up as today and tomorrow and the next day. And that, friends, is nothing more than a choice. So who are you in the end? These are the questions that Gary Keller asks himself every year this time of year. I can imagine him sitting on his back patio with a cup of tea, half black, half green, and spending an hour and having the most important meeting of the year for a man who has meetings every day with himself. Not to write a new annual goal, but simply to ensure that the long-term life goals that he has set still resonate with who he is and making sure that his time The one thing that he needs to control is an alignment with who he says he is, who he wants to be, and where he is going. You know, I think about this year and this show and you as a fan base, and I'm not confused on why you are rapidly becoming the number one podcast in all of real estate, and it has nothing to do with the host. This is about you. This show is about your journey. You are listening to the stories of other people's journeys, not because you want to learn exclusively about them, but because every time we think about and learn about somebody else's life, our life becomes a bigger one and takes on more meaning. There's a great book called Million Dollar Habits by Robert Ringer. And in this book, he talks about this idea of knowledge and wisdom. Here's what he says. He says, if belief cannot be willed, how does one acquire it? The same way he achieves an understanding of the way the world works, through the attainment of knowledge and wisdom. The greater your knowledge and wisdom, the more confident you are about your beliefs. You know this to be true, friends. When you know a ton about something and you have formulated a belief around it, you have no problem defending said belief. He goes on to say, by knowledge, I am referring to the acquisition of specific information. By wisdom, I am referring to insight or common sense. Now, I want to give you a take on this. In this way, knowledge is everything that you've been getting out of these podcasts, out of this show. You've been obtaining specific knowledge. This is what happens when you read a book on a topic or you take a course on a topic or you listen to a podcast around a specific topic. Now, wisdom is something different. Wisdom, he says, are these insights that you get. And this is where he and I differ in opinion. You see, here's what I believe. And I'm going to tell you what I believe, because once I do, you'll know why this show is so important and why every one of you are important to me. It's the 
answer to question number two on your list. What do I believe? Here's what I believe. I believe that every single one of us was born with a divine soul. And in this divine soul is all of the wisdom that you will ever need for your entire life. All of it is in there, which is why I don't like the word insight. When people say, I received an insight listening to so-and-so, I think that's not real. That would be called an outsight. It came from the outside. I believe that the insights that you have come from within your soul. Insight, sight from within. So your mission in life is to travel around listening to people that unlock this wisdom that's already inside of you. So when you go hear Gary Keller speak and you feel it in your tummy and all of a sudden you say, oh my gosh, I never heard it that way. That's so insightful. Here's what I really think you're saying. Gary Keller is a locksmith that said something that opened up a little door inside of my soul and a little bit of my insight, my God-given wisdom seeped out. And now I know it and I'll never forget it. That's what it is. This show is about bringing you different voices within the greatest business in the world, the real estate business, and allowing those voices to unlock pieces of your soul. And once they do, you will never forget it. You won't forget it because in those moments, you didn't hear it. You felt it. You ever been driving in a car and you slam on your brakes and you literally feel warmth go all the way through your body? You feel that fear. You feel that anxiety. That's the difference between hearing something and feeling something. And you know when a speaker says something that you feel. And it's in those moments that you become closer to this idea of enlightenment. You see, I believe that truly enlightened people are the ones who have unlocked large, large, vast periods of their soul, of this divine soul that they have inside. And the mission that we're all on is to unlock more and more and more of it. And in those moments, and it might last for 10 seconds, and it might last for 30 seconds, and it might last for a minute, in those moments, you have clarity. And in those moments, you are enlightened. Now, for most of us, myself included, it wears off a minute later, and I'm no longer enlightened. But there's a handful of people, the great sages throughout history, the, the, the wise humans, the, the, the Buddhas, if you will, and they've unlocked so much that they obtain this constant evolution of enlightenment. Friends, on this New Year's, I would ask you all to take a few minutes Reconnect with yourself and ask the Gary Keller 10 questions of life. Reconnect with the people closest to you and realize that we are all in service to each other. Think about the next 20 years of your life, not the next 12 months. And join me again next week as we look for more locksmiths. God bless and be well. There it is. That wraps another episode. Friends, I don't know what you're taking out of this. I really don't. I'll tell you what I want you to be taking out of it, which is these are the people that are having tremendously big lives. And the reason it's happening is because they're setting up the models and systems to do just that. Gary Keller told me that leadership is teaching people how to think. 
so that they do the things they need to do when they need to do them so that ultimately they get the things they want when they want to have them. And that's what I want for you. You're all leaders, but it begins with leading ourselves. If you're enjoying this podcast, I want you to click the subscribe button anywhere that you get your podcasts. We want to be the voice in your head every single week. And every week we're dropping new content. We also send out a newsletter at the conclusion of every show to make sure that you get the highest points and the models and systems that were discussed. So if you want to sign up, I need your name and your email address. Head over to the millionaireagentpodcast.com. Millionaireagentpodcast.com. Enter your name and your email address, and every week that newsletter will be in your box. Friends, you just went on a journey. I hope that what happens between now and the next time we meet is absolutely wonderful for you. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information.